0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. The weirdest thing in the whole building, you like can't say your guys' names. I said like, yeah, I'm living with Abbott and they're hey. I'm like, what? I'm like, I can't say his name, and they're like, we're not supposed to talk about him. I was like, are we joking? I can't say the name Ian Hap in here, or it's whoa, whoa, whoa. We heard you say the name Ian <laughs> Hap. We have it on tape. You're fired. I don't get how that's a problem. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, if I say your name, I'm like, did I say Voldemort? The Bernstein and Rahimi Show, middays, 9 a.m. to noon on The Score. Let's talk to he who must not be named on The Bernstein and Rahimi Show. You can find him on Twitter at IHAP underscore one. The Cubs player and Cubs player rep who was at the negotiations earlier this week down in Florida joins us on The Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. Ian, how have you been? i has been great. It's good to be back.
2: How back are you? I think that's a question that we're trying to figure out, and you would know better than anybody else.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, um, definitely not back. Um, you know, it was, I I ended up having to um, get out of Florida last last night um, and head back to to Austin. Um, but you know, I was in the room for a few days and um, some positive discussions. Some some Good talks, I guess, but nothing um, very material to point to yet to say that we have um, something kind of in the right direction.
2: If you had to bullet point for us based on your importance, the players' importance, what you gathered from this last meeting, and how far away the owners and players are, what would you tell us?
3: I, you know, the core economics are obviously uh, a massive issue. Um, And I think one of the more frustrating parts is that in order to get there um, and to get us closer to a deal, you know, some of the things that we wanted to knock out yesterday, like um, the draft, uh, the draft lottery system, um, some of the competitiveness stuff uh, as it uh, comes to, manipulation, some of those things that we wanted to kind of get off the table so we could really focus on the core economics weren't solved um, yesterday uh, after we made a proposal. So that that's, I think, the, you know, but there's still a lot of things left to close out. Um, and if, if day by day we can't start to close out some of those things, it's going to be, we're not going to be able to finish this thing up by the weekend. So that that's the, the frustrating part, and then, you know, you just have kind of a, a separate issue with, with core economics and where both sides are.
1: I would like to see them stop playing dumb and stop pretending that you guys are dumb and get and let everybody actually talk because with their first CBT proposal. That only marginally raised the actual level of the taxation thresholds, while drastically ratcheting up how punitive it it would be. That that is a that all that does is improve the landscape for them and create more of a de facto hard cap. I thought that was an insult, a massive insult in 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 a lot of respects, and it showed me where they actually stand. Have there been? I don't want to say off the record. But are you? Have there been moments when somebody can say, "Let's cut the crap," and and, because so much of this so far seems to be theatrical, it seems to be mask wearing and pretense, and a presumption that they're not—they're not trying to hear what you're saying about competitiveness because they don't want to, and because they impose the lockout right now, they don't feel they have to.
3: Yeah, I think that um, that's kind of been the sediment in the room the last. few days is is to try and get through some of that um, and hopefully to a place where we're we're talking uh, more at each other instead of past each other um, and it has really been uh, i don't know unfortunate that the you know some of those things haven't been uh, at least at least acknowledged that it it would be crazy in an industry that is growing the way that baseball is to think that we would be in a place where um, the luxury tax would be flat mm-hmm. for the next two years, um, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And, and you would hope that that's something that um, I think everybody would understand.
2: And we talk, when you talk about a lack of acknowledgement, I think that's a very good example. What other ways do you feel like the proposals from the players haven't been acknowledged?
3: Uh, You know, I I think the, uh, I think minimums is a good example. I think minimums, um, you know, right now we have the lowest of the four major sports, um, you know, and and I think it's pretty clear that that doesn't make any sense with what league revenues are. um, And especially with how much um, gambling is going to benefit the game of baseball um, because it, it fits so well with just as much action as there can be. Um, and and the other, the other one is getting younger players paid earlier. I think we've all seen over the last five years the way that teams have changed how they operate. You know, players have gone out and done the same thing year after year after year, gone and played and tried to win and, 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 and been competing on the field. And then you have teams in front offices who have really changed the rules on us kind of mid, midway through. Um, and to not acknowledge the fact that That needs to be, the game needs to, and the rules of the game need to continue to adjust um, with how teams are operating. Uh, And so those younger players need to have a bigger portion because they are putting up, there's more of them than ever. They're putting up more value than they ever have before, uh, and we're not compensating them that way. And you have guys in the room who none of the guys are in that situation. None of the guys are going to benefit from zero to three players being paid more than they ever have before. And honestly, some might be pushed out of the game because of it. But they're arguing for those guys because that's how we know the game has to be. That The game has changed, so the compensation needs to change.
2: So we read the report that you go to Jupiter, Florida, and you talk about being in the room. What is the process that goes on? We, we see the reporters who see you. That part we know. What happens after that?
3: Uh, I think it's funny what happens before that, too, is to say, hey, we're going to go down and, and meet in, in West Palm, but you panic and book a flight in a day with no return flight and head down to Florida and uh, are just there until further notice. Uh, but once you get there, you know, you go, we were in the uh, the Cardinal facility there, and basically into kind of the, there's some meeting rooms um, kind of behind the outfield wall there where their ownership in front of office has has their offices so we were kind of in, in two different conference rooms up there um and we would you know we would have some internal discussions um you know kind of get with our router group over zoom and then um sit down in the room for a few hours have discussions with with the other side um you know sometimes super productive sometimes um not quite and then um there was a couple of days where we came back in and just a couple um, individuals from each side would meet again and kind of discuss next steps. And, um, you know, it was, there was good discussion back and forth for, for a number of days. Uh, and I, I had to get out of there yesterday before the second session, but um, just kind of, I, I don't know, kind, kind of uh, disappointing that there hasn't been, been more progress on actually crossing things off the list.
1: Well, it sounds like that is because the owners don't really want it and for them to have chosen to take a month out of the, just take a month off the calendar without any discussion whatsoever and then these these disingenuous asks for a mediator which are so transparent to say, well, let's bring in a mediator. And the player's response appropriately has been, no, let's just actually negotiate and talk because you're allowed to say no to that. It looks to me like that's a a PR stunt to allow them to say, well, they refused mediation. They don't want to play. Have you guys talked amongst yourselves that the the owners may not want April that it may just be easier for them to not open the doors. It may be easier for them on some of these, you know, a cold night on a Tuesday before school is out and maybe even into May. Do you guys have an actual number of games that you think the owners would start to say, well, this this would be too many to miss, but this we could definitely miss number X?
3: Uh, We don't want to speculate on that because how unfortunate would that be if there was actually – a group that didn't want to play 162 games this year and give that to the fans. That would be just, just sad. So I, I, you know, I don't want to speculate on that. I don't, I hope that that's not the case. I think, you know, players are so committed to trying to get 162 games in and and get the product back to the fans. I think players were experienced this in 2020 when we wanted so badly to be out there and providing a product um, when, when our fans needed it the most and we couldn't, uh, and so I, I think we're trying as hard as we can to avoid that again. Um, and that's uh, that's one of the more more frustrating parts of this is is that um, you really want a partner in this negotiation that wants to grow the game together uh, and make this thing the best it could possibly be for fans. It just doesn't feel like we have that partner right now.
2: Well, and I think. People are looking to you. We, we get a lot of, of course, text messages coming in, questions asked from them, listeners via Twitch too. And the overwhelming concern is that number of games. And it, when you have that deadline imposed, that's what everybody seems to want to know. So is there something that you want to tell fans about the attitude of players and what you guys are doing to make sure you do get the 162 in and what you are trying to do to make sure you do play these games?
3: I think the biggest thing is that we're, we're there, you know, you have a group of players um, who in the middle or the end, what would hopefully be the end of their off season when they would be traveling to uh, Arizona or Florida or, or wherever and kind of spending those last few days with their family and loved ones and friends. Um, they're jumping on a plane and, and traveling to Florida Um in, in West Palm to be there in person to try to help move these things along. I think that's a player who wants this um, the attentiveness from the entire group, all of the reps um, and, and and other you know, veteran players who are so involved in uh, what's going on, all the hours that guys have put in to being on I can't count the number of hours that I've spent on, on Zoom calls and phone calls and text chains about what's going on and trying to you know, help push this thing in the right direction. Um, you know, the players are are so heavily committed to to getting this back on track, um, and we hope that the fans understand what we're what we're fighting for.
1: I know the term "bad faith negotiation" is a very specific one legally, but when I remember in March of 1995. When things actually happened, when, and it was uh, then uh, Federal Justice uh, Sonia Sotomayor, I believe is the Southern District mm-hmm. of, New, of New York, that was an NLRB complaint ruling. That was an unfair labor practice ruling based on a unilateral imposition of the salary cap. And I apologize if my command of some of the details is a little bit off. It was a long time ago. But if I remember correctly, it was that ruling against the owners that didn't really, that didn't create a deal, but it set the tone for one. Do you think it's possible that if this continues, like, can you be keeping notes and making a case for what eventually could constitute legal bad faith negotiation on the part of your adversary?
3: uh, I think it's very difficult because it is such a narrow um, definition, and I think... The other thing that is, is tough about this situation is is and players have been pretty open about the fact that we want to we want to make gains here um, in this in this process um, and so it's not you know there's there's been some challenging uh, proposals from MLB especially early on that were headed a complete and total wrong direction um, you know but now we're we're closer to a point where we just want to make some small gains for players uh, and kind of balance out um, what the young guys are, are getting paid versus what their value actually is to the teams. Um, and so I, I don't know if that's something that becomes a possibility down the road, but I'm, you know, I think all of us are really hoping to avoid a situation where we would even need to, to be there.
1: What would be an indication to you, whether it's this weekend or at another point, what would be an effective olive branch that some like a, a baseball fan now who's following some of the reporting from mm-hmm. people, from Jeff or Eugene Freeman or whoever it might be? What would what would be real? What would be the difference between a cosmetic offer and something that would give you an indication that negotiations were 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 actually becoming substantive?
3: Yeah, I think if you see any offer uh any move that is more than more than the, the tiny, tiny ones that we've seen. If there's any if there's anything that actually starts to, to move and, and the landslide starts to fall a little bit I guess, um, I think that's when you can expect something to be substantive. But the the you know, it's just so challenging when you're making uh such tiny incremental moves as you're just how how do you get there? I think is the, the really tough part. But would that be um, a
1: competitive balance to... tax? Would it be on the CBT specifically that you think that once that, that really that's the elephant in the room?
3: I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be the first thing to, to move. I think there would be a lot of other dominoes to fall before that one falls. Um, but the, the um, I think just in terms of the broader discussion, you know, it, it's, if you start to see things get crossed up the list uh it's a positive and then if you if you see a a bigger move than what we've seen in the past you know something actually of substance um then then we could start to head in the right direction but unfortunately we just it it, it hasn't gotten there yet and I think I think players have players have made a number of moves over the last few weeks um to try to get that head in the right direction and kind of um get to a place that's more realistic and and it just hasn't it hasn't formulated yet
2: and once again we're left also talking about what you have to do to get yourself in game shape what other players are trying to do so what are you trying to do to just stay active knowing you have to be at the ready either to go to florida potentially or to get ready to head to spring training
3: yeah i think you know players are, are on their same routines i think the you know the last Week or two, we would be already in camp and doing stuff. But the um, I think guys are just continuing with their off season routines. Guys are starting to get together more a little bit, um, whether it's groups of guys in Florida or Arizona taking live at bats, seeing seeing um, you know how close they can get to, to what would be a spring training like feel. I think the challenge there is that shouldn't be an excuse um, that players are staying ready to not have guys in spring training, you know, to not give, I got a, a, a direct message from a fan the other day that said that they had tickets and a flight booked to, come out to Arizona. You know, what are they supposed to tell their kids? What are they supposed to do about that? And seeing stuff like that is heartbreaking. It's, it's challenging. And, and I don't, you know, uh, it, it's tough to be in that, that situation. Um, as players, where you just want so badly to to interact with the fans again and see them be outside and 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 see the joy in their faces, and you can't do that. What did you and say? That, and I think I think a, I I didn't know what to say to be honest, but I, I think that the point there is that this is a lockout that's imposed by MLB. We don't have to. We could continue to negotiate and play baseball, uh, and there isn't um, you know there isn't a need. Or, or uh, it's it, it's it's not mandatory for them to do this.
2: I think that's well said, and I know that you have, of course, the empire going on. I saw there's a lockout blend from Connect. I have to ask, what's the latest with Connect, and uh, and how long is that lockout blend gonna be available?
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of a lot of exciting stuff going on with Connect. Um, you know, we're. We have some new packaging and new bags that are out. Um, they'll be in Dom's Market and Foxtrot locations across Chicago. Uh, and we're hoping for some other locations um, that might pop up this spring. But um, the, the lockout blend was a fun one. Um, you know, we kind of started on, on Twitter as a little bit of a joke, and people people got excited about it and wanted it. So we thought, well, let's make it a reality. Um, and we're giving back to to players, specific um charities and efforts uh including um the players the players trust which is a charitable arm of the um players association so it's been it's been fun to see uh, people people kind of jump on that and if you go to connectroasters.com you can see that uh where those lockout blends are it's a really really sweet bag it actually is a pretty cool one with the with the white and
1: you mentioned guys are getting together a little bit to stay in shape. One of my well-placed spies said he recently just walked right by Nico Horner at one of the hitting sessions, and said he didn't. He he, he thought he walked by a UFC fighter. He said he is so big and strong, making. I actually was wondering if his range of motion and flexibility might be affected. He's so big. Are you getting that big? Are you like Nico big? Because apparently he's <laughs> he has not missed a, a, a weight training session.
3: I don't think I've ever been Nico big. Nico is absolutely slapped together. Um, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen him in a little bit. I'm actually, I'll probably be out there um, and be able to see it next week. But the, uh, the, that guy is just absolutely put together.
2: <laughs> so now it's a contest between him and Jason Hayward. Is that what I'm to understand on the call? Co- this would yeah, be a that, compound if, discussion. If,
3: yeah, if you're gonna pick a couple of guys that you could, uh, you could put the mannequin next to it and have a good comparison. I think those would be the two that I would do.
1: Ian, good luck, good health, and uh,
3: here's...
2: many breakfast tacos in Austin while you're at it. So.
1: <laughs> there you have it. Uh, here's hoping uh, we're, ta- we're talking more uh, more baseball than labor negotiations soon enough. Thanks again. Yes, thanks, guys.
2: Thanks, Ian.
0: That
1: is Ian Hap of the Chicago Cubs.
0: Okay, picture this.